What's going on, y'all? My name is Brian Sanchez, and welcome to a Monday edition of the NFL Rundown. Hope y'all had a fantastic weekend watching these ridiculous playoff matchups from Saturday and Sunday. The NFL scriptwriters know what they're doing. They do not fail to entertain. They keep you on the edge of your seat. And I was riveted the entire weekend, even though it was a heartbreaking one for me and my team. Uh, We'll get to that game. We're going to run down all four of these games. Incredible games that all came down to the wire. Came down to the last play. And even one that went into overtime. Incredible matchup. So we'll get right into it. Uh, The first game of the weekend, Cincinnati against the number one seed, Tennessee Titans, heading in to the game I had picked the Cincinnati Bengals, and well, wouldn't you know it, Joe Burrow and company pulled this one out with a game-winning field goal at the end of regulation as time expires, 19-16. to And that would have been the headline the biggest story coming out of the weekend, if not for the rest of the craziness. That was the tip of the iceberg that the Cincinnati Bengals go in to Tennessee and knock off the number one seed going on the road in a game where the Tennessee Titans got Derrick Henry back and they expected to be able to run the ball effectively and just kind of out-muscle Cincinnati. Joe Burrow and company said, "Uh uh-uh. We got something to say about this. Incredible. Incredible performance. And I wish I could spend more time on it because I was probably the only one that said that Cincinnati was going to come out of the AFC before the playoffs started. And they're still alive. But we got to get to some of the other ones. I think the biggest surprise comes on Saturday night when Jimmy Garoppolo... And the San Francisco 49ers go in to Green Bay to face Aaron Rodgers. Now, I picked the Packers to win this game. And wouldn't you know it, again, with a last-second field goal as time expires, the San Francisco 49ers upset the Green Bay Packers 13-10 in a game where the Packers looked average at best. Until they got on special teams. A blocked punt. A blocked field goal. Mishaps on kick returns. Punt returns. I mean, it was it was mind-boggling to see the, the errors and the, the sheer confusion and chaos that was the Packers special teams play. It was nuts. It was absolutely nuts. And I'll be honest with you. I fully expected this to be a culmination of Aaron Rodgers from the entire year, the great, amazing play that he's had. This was the moment that he was going to come out on the field and say, I am the MVP. I, to use his words, I own you. And he looked average. He looked frustrated. He looked like... It just, it was not there for them. And Cincinnati, or excuse me, the San Francisco 49ers, credit to them. That defense played very, very well. Jimmy Garoppolo didn't light it up. 
but he didn't lose the game for his team. And I think that's all Jimmy Garoppolo really needs to do is manage the game effectively, not turn the ball over a ton. And this 49ers team can beat just about anybody. They proved it. Going in to Lambeau Field and beating Aaron Rodgers 13-10. to 10. So Saturday was already nuts. Saturday was incredible. And then I wake up on Sunday morning and I'm getting ready for a game with my Bucks taking on the Los Angeles Rams. And I get the news that Tristan Wirfs is not going to play in the game. And I will be honest with you, that broke. Uh, I was watching the ESPN pregames. It was probably about noon. I uh, just got back from a run. I was feeling really good, really confident, and thinking, you know what? This could be the day where we punch our ticket and get to host an NFC Championship game at Raymond James Stadium. And then I heard Tristan Wirfs was not going to play in the game, and it was a gut punch because I knew that meant that Aaron Donald and the Los Angeles Rams front seven, front four, were going to be in Brady's face all day, and they quite literally were, particularly in the first half. At, to a point where it's, it's, there's a lot being made of it that Brady was bleeding, uh, but he got hit, defender came, hit him in the chest, the helmet kind of came up, they popped him at the bottom of the face mask and ended up biting his lip, and he got in the ref's face complaining about a hit to the head, and got his very first unsportsmanlike conduct penalty, and it was it was it was it was symptomatic of the fact that the offensive line seemed overwhelmed, and that lasted the entire day. And then in the first half, the Rams were just basically scoring at will, and they ran up the score twenty-seven to three. And at halftime, I thought, well, you know, it's this is going to be it, I guess. You know, we're just getting overwhelmed, and that's going to be it. And then the defense comes up with a turnover. And then the offense scores a touchdown. And all of a sudden, the magic starts swirling around. My family panicking, and my wife, who is a diehard Patriots fan, was the first one to look a square in the face and say 28 to three, reminding us of Brady in the Super Bowl coming back, and man, it looked like it was going to happen. And the defense all of a sudden started playing lights out, getting turnovers. The offense was efficient, hit Mike Evans on a beautiful deep pass, scoring touchdowns, and wouldn't you know it, we tied the game up with 35 seconds left on the clock. And I think, oh my gosh, we're doing it. We're going to overtime. We're going to win this game. And then two plays in a row. Two plays in a row. Matt Stafford drops back, finds the open receiver, moves the ball down to the 10-yard line. And as time expires for the third game in a row on this weekend, the road team kicks a game-winning field goal with a final score of 30 to 27, sending my Tampa Bay Buccaneers home. It's heartbreaking. I said it the other day in reference to Dallas losing their game at the last second. Would you rather lose at the last second like that, have hope ripped from you, but at least you made it competitive or get blown out? 
And we were having that discussion at our house yesterday and I honestly stand by my statement. As exhilarating as it was to watch my team claw their way back into it, there's a small part of me that wishes that it wouldn't have happened because it hurt a thousand times more to watch them lose at the last second like that with blown coverages by the defense and letting Cooper Cup end up one-on-one with the free safety, you know, getting behind the defense and just hitting that beautiful pass. And you know what? Hats off to the Rams and Matt Stafford for hanging in there and delivering balls that he knew he was going to get smacked in the mouth, but he stood in the pocket. He found the open receiver. There's nobody better in the NFL this year against the Blitz than Matt Stafford. That is a fact. That is statistically, he is the best quarterback, has the highest completion rating, all of that against the Blitz. And in that scenario, the Bucks blitzed to try and get pressure in his face and disrupt what was going on, and it just wasn't enough. I'm proud of my team, but man, I kind of wish they would have not had that happen because that hurt a thousand times more. Ooh. So there you go, three in a row, game-winning field goals by the road teams, leading into the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs. I picked the Bills to win this game, to go in and beat Patrick Mahomes. And I wanna, everyone is saying that this is the greatest playoff game that they've ever seen, and I, I, I can't remember a more entertaining and a more ridiculous playoff game, football game, really, that I've ever seen. And all you really need to look at is the last two minutes of the game. 25 points, three lead changes and a tie, four touchdowns thrown collectively by Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen in this game in the last two minutes of regulation. Insanity. Absolute insanity. I am so glad that we get to watch Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen in playoff games like this for the next 10 years. Incredible. Chiefs tie the game up at the end of regulation and send it into overtime. And at that point, it was every offense was just kind of scoring, you know, at will, maybe not at will, but at least on every possession to end out the game in ridiculous fashion. So it felt like whoever won the coin toss was going to win the game. And of course, the Chiefs win the game. They march down the field, score a touchdown, ball game. The Chiefs, the only team to win at home in this round of the playoffs. And that's going to be my final point, little topic here about home field advantage in the playoffs. But essentially, the Bills just come up short. And a lot of people on Twitter I saw said that the coin toss decided the game. They're upset that Josh Allen doesn't even get a chance. The NFL overtime rules are trash and they need to reevaluate this and that. A couple of people said the phrase that the Bills didn't get a chance in overtime. Are the Bills not the number one defense in the league? I'm pretty sure they were going into this game. 
Is defense not half of the game of football? The Bills had a chance. You're the number one defense in the league. If that is the case, stop them. Or at least hold them to a field goal. And that'll get you a chance. So don't come at me with this coin toss decided the game and Josh Allen should have been able to get a chance. The rules need to change. I don't buy any of it. In a league where, you know, everything is slanted to the offense, I can kind of understand some of the frustration. But at the end of the day, you've got to play defense. And if you at least hold them to a field goal on that drive, then Josh Allen gets a shot. And you couldn't do it. Because future Hall of Famer Patrick Mahomes marched down the field and scored a game-winning touchdown. And really, hats off to, you know, Travis Kelsey. I mean, the whole Chiefs offense, the entire game, was doing incredible. I mean, Tyreek Hill on that ridiculous catch and run towards the end of regulation. But Travis Kelsey getting his toes down to catch that ball at the end of the game. Incredible. Incredible job. So, congratulations to Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs going to their fourth straight AFC Championship game. And they'll be playing the Cincinnati Bengals. Incredible. Your NFC matchup, the San Francisco 49ers traveling not that far down the road to Los Angeles where the Super Bowl will be played to take on the Los Angeles Rams. Man, the NFL is crazy. My final thought for today is the home field advantage argument. And we'll talk about the legacies of Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady on our next episode, probably be on Wednesday, because uh, a lot of people are talking about whether or not they hang it up, they retire, they're changing teams for Aaron Rodgers, blah, blah, blah. We'll get into that. That's a longer conversation. But I want to talk about home field advantage because everything we hear down the stretch at the end of the year is about home field advantage and you don't want to be going on the road. But road teams so far... These playoffs have been killing it, and the stadiums are full. The fans are back. You should be getting home field advantage. Everyone said, I don't want to have to go and play Aaron Rodgers at Lambeau Field in January in the cold. And an interesting fact, statistic that we heard this morning, was in their last 14 games played in the playoffs at Lambeau Field, the last 14 playoff games played at Lambeau Field, the Packers are 7 and seven. But what does home field advantage even mean? If three road teams can go and land these upsets. Something to think about. All right, y'all. So thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I really do appreciate it. Uh, make sure you are subscribed. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and of course at signalpointmedia.com. Uh, there's a comment section there. You can find me on Twitter. I'm at ThatBCSanchez. We'll see you guys around. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. And as always, one love. One love.